WWE has seen its fair share of over-the-top superstars. Stars who have transcended media and now sit on top of the Mount Rushmore of the business. Stars who are generation-defining, impacting millions around the world. When we look back at the stars who truly define the generation, we think of Hulk Hogan, Rock, Austin, and John Cena. While there are others who made an impact and now are legends, guys like Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Undertaker, Edge, Chris Jericho, Roman is someone who WWE always wanted to be the new generation-defining face of our Mount Rushmore. But what happened? Was Roman Reigns ready for this? Did he become a career-defining, generations-defining superstar? Let's look back at Roman Reigns' early years and provide an analysis on how he rose to the top, but also started from the bottom. Roman Reigns started his career in the well-known trio, The Shield, and against popular belief, he wasn't always in the limelight. The first year of The Shield, it was clearly Dean Ambrose who was positioned as this leader of the trio. Ambrose got the single title win while Roman and Rollins were tag team champions. And Roman Reigns at the time was just positioned as the muscle of the group. So when did this whole Roman Reigns project took off? I truly believe that the exact moment when it was made crystal clear that Roman Reigns was the chosen one was the 2014 Royal Rumble. When Roman Reigns at the time eliminated 12 entries, setting a record for the time, he was among the top two with him and Batista. Batista who was being vilified because of the Daniel Bryan backlash, of which Roman Reigns will have a very good understanding of in the future. Roman at the time was declared the chosen one as the months flew by and Daniel Bryan became a superstar. Roman Reigns became a bigger star while Daniel Bryan was injured and forced to give up the title. And it was all written that Roman Reigns' time was now. Or was it? Around the time when the shield had imploded and Seth Rollins became Triple H's favorite, which was setting him up to be the next foil to a generation-defining babyface, as Triple H was himself to the likes of The Rock. It was around this time when fans, and maybe myself, started to feel that the trigger was being pulled too soon, as Roman Reigns was in a program with Randy Orton, and Ambrose was feuding with Rollins, which was, to be honest, a feud of the year. Reigns was getting the Randy Orton big-time singles match legend pay-per-view feud with a legend himself, such as Orton. Now, was this the right decision or the wrong decision? Because as Roman Reigns entered a program with Orton, his flaws started to take place. His mic work was exposed. His in-ring work was being exposed. As their SummerSlam match, Randy Orton clearly, till this day, carried that match to a four-star match. While Roman Reigns' in-ring work reminded me a lot of John Cena in his 20-year run. Not now, but... From 2005 to 2009, at least, John Cena was had that same mentality of get your ass beat for 20 minutes of the match and then pop out of nowhere and win the match. Till this day, if you rewatch the Roman Reigns and Randy Orton match at SummerSlam, Roman Reigns performed a countful of five moves that entire match, 
while Randy Orton carried that match. And that match, I started to notice that Roman Reigns was not the guy, especially not the guy who was ready for the push he was getting at the, for the time. Now, this is the moment when I felt like things started to de- derail. Roman Reigns got injured and was written off TV for the months while Ambrose carried the load and took that top babyface spot. Ambrose at the time was red hot and people were loving his character. Granted, Ambrose was losing most of his pay-per-view matches. He still had the momentum. Now, when that year's Slammy Awards took place, Ambrose got Breakout Star of the Year while Roman Reigns won Superstar of the Year. And this was an injured Roman Reigns who came back from injury. And if you see the response, the response was very mediocre. It was a guy who felt like was being pushed down her throats, but was he being cheered at the time? That was the question. It didn't feel like the superstar was coming back from such a big injury. It just felt like a guy was coming back to collect a superstar of the year trophy. People were in doubt that a guy who didn't perform for a good amount of the year was given superstar of the year. And a guy like Ambrose, who busted his ass, still didn't achieve even a nomination for superstar of the year. Hints grew more and more clear when Roman Reigns was positioned as the 2015 Royal Rumble. Till this day, I remember they did a Legends panel, and Ric Flair and some others had their picks for the Rumble. Who's going to win? And people said Ambrose. Some other people said, I don't remember, some may think Bray Wyatt. But that segment ended in Roman Reigns coming out and giving a little hint about what was going to happen. Royal Rumble 2015 will always be regarded as one of the most infamous rumbles in history. Where the great one was booed and the destined babyface was destroyed by the audience. Rumble 2015 will still have one of the greatest, if not the greatest, triple threat match in history. With Lesnar, Rollins, and Cena as they tore the show down. But the main attraction of this entire show was Daniel Bryan. His return to the business after after swerving the audience that he may have to retire and then saying that no, he will still be competing in the Royal Rumble was shocking. The story wrote itself. Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship, a title Bryan never lost. The main event of Wrestle 2031, it was written in stone. It was going to be a classic. Everybody wanted that. But WWE had other plans. Once Bryan entered the Rumble, the crowd erupted and people were stoked that their hero was being cheered like no tomorrow. Just when things started to look good, Bryan was eliminated by Bray Wyatt in a very anticlimactic fashion. And ironic enough, the next entry was Goldust at the time. And on the big screen, it was written in big bold letters, Shattered Dreams. Now, was this a knock from WWE to the audience or was this just... A coincidence. It can be left to interpretation. But there were rumors that Daniel Bryan's elimination happened because they wanted to generate a shock value. While I disagree, I truly believe they wanted Bryan out of the Final Four because they didn't want to repeat last year's mess. They wanted a clear-cut Roman Reigns getting cheered and everyone being happy with it. Well, what they got was much worse. Except for some stars, such as Dean Ambrose... Ironically, his former shield mate, everyone was booed. The funny part is, once that entry number 19 hit, Roman Reigns came out and the announcers made sure they said that this is the same entry number John Cena won his last Royal Rumble. 
as if WWE didn't make it obvious enough that Roman Reigns was going to be the next John Cena. They had to put that in the equation. But when Roman Reigns came out, he didn't quite get the reception he deserved or wanted. But this reception was not towards Roman Reigns. It was mostly towards the WWE and the booking. And you can see it in his face till this day. Roman Reigns was not prepared for this. Now, the way Rumble proceeded was terrible. Kane and Big Show took out fan favorites like garbage and almost felt like they were being purposely buried. People like Ambrose, Wyatt, and Ziggler were thrown out by the Giants as if WWE treated them like nothing. And Roman Reigns suddenly turned to Super Cena and took them both out. It felt like WWE was trying so hard to prevent Roman Reigns from being booed and getting cheered. To have these two unliked veterans at the time take out all their fan favorites, and once Roman Reigns comes out, he'll take them all out. So he has to get cheered, right? Well, that didn't work out. That resulted in more boos for Roman because everyone was so pissed off at the situation. Roman Reigns was getting destroyed out there. And once Roman won the Rumble and Big Show and Kane started to beat on him, The Rock's music hits. And there was a sudden pop which soon diminishes as the crowd realized that this was all part of some gimmick where Rock passes a torch to Roman Reigns, the chosen one. It all felt too good. It all felt too forced. Until this day, The Rock's face humors me. The days that followed was WWE's desperate attempt to be on track and keep the story moving. They had Roman Reigns feud with Daniel Bryan at Fastlane where they compete on who's going to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Brian, after a great match, would put over Roman clean, thus trying to validate the crowd that Roman's a guy now. Don't mess with him. You know, I'm Daniel Bryan, your fan favorite, giving him a thumbs up. It felt too forced, and it didn't feel earned. It didn't feel believable, narratively, that Roman Reigns could beat Daniel Bryan at the time. The crowd was not having them being fed a very scripted and artificial narrative forced onto them. The bill for Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at Mania is prob- probably the worst Mania build in recent time, as the title tug of war was the final con- confrontation between the two wrestlers. As WrestleMania 31 came, and it was a great show despite having a very terrible buildup, and once it was time for the main event, everyone was ready to cheer for Brock Lesnar. About a year earlier, broken The Undertaker's precious streak and was being destroyed by the audience. But as Roman Reigns came out, everyone was also ready to boo the chosen poster boy yet again. But for me, something felt different. Something felt different in Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns' character felt different to me. He felt like a different competitor. If we rewatch the match today, it felt like Roman Reigns always belonged in the main event. Roman Reigns had a different behavior to him. While this was new to me, as far as Roman Reigns' performance, there has been guys that felt in the few, in the past that these guys really didn't belong. An example would be The Miz in the main event of WrestleMania 27, as it really didn't feel like he belonged there. But with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 31, it felt like he was at home. The match was tremendous and truly one of the greatest Mania bouts of all time. And soon Rollins' cash-in was icing on the cake. 
But the cash-in in the end could serve as a perfect symbolism, as how the audience felt. While Roman Reigns didn't get his moment, Roman did prove that night that he belonged in the main event. He belonged in the main event scene with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. It was just the right guy at the right place at the wrong time. But this was just the beginning of Roman's empire. <laughs>